0: I'm Joyce Maynard. Welcome to Telling Your Story. You know, every single sentence that you write is important and deserves care. But there's one part of your piece of writing that deserves even more thought, and that is what I call the point of entry. It's where you begin. Because if you don't get that one right, you may lose your reader right out of the gate. You know, I've written for my living. almost 50 years now. I had to keep you interested in my work or I wasn't going to keep a roof over my head. And I've learned as a writer and as a reader of other people's writing that it's always easier to put the book down, close the magazine, turn off your computer than it is to keep reading. I have to win you over with my beginning sentences and then I have to keep you interested all through my story. But today we're going to talk about that first meeting. Somewhere I read one of those little sayings that people put on refrigerator magnets, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's how it is with the opening sentence to a personal essay or a memoir, a full-length memoir. Some people, some writers think that the way to grab a reader's attention and pull her in is to begin with some moment of great drama. He held a knife to my throat. I wondered, do I jump or do I not? Um, I've read essays in which the writer has pulled that off. But my own belief is that before you put me in a situation where I'm reading about how somebody put a knife to your throat, I need to know who are you. And that doesn't mean that you need to tell me everything about yourself where you were born, where you came from, where you went to school, what your job is. I need to know enough that I can understand the context for the action that you're about to describe to me, whether it's internal action, a a struggle, do I leave my marriage, do I not, do I quit my job, Uh, do I buy this house, or action that comes from the outside, things that happen to you, things in relationships. And of course, there's no one right way to begin an essay. But there are a lot of ways that don't work, and I wanted to talk about some of them. And maintaining the privacy of the writers in question, I'm going to read very short examples of some opening sentences that might not inspire you to keep reading. And incidentally, many of these writers because I've worked with them all. Went on to write wonderful manuscripts. So I don't want anybody to suppose that because your first crack at a point of entry isn't a successful one, that the game is over. But here goes. The path of becoming a professional musician is difficult and rocky, fraught with peril, one that breaks more people than it makes. That's one of those big overarching topic sentences a lot of our high school English teachers the not-good ones, told us we needed to begin our essays with. And I'm going to say we don't need those big, overarching topic sentences. We need a character, a scene, and a problem. Here's a different kind of challenge in a personal essay first sentence point of entry. I chopped my Coke into little meaning cocaine. I chopped my Coke into tiny little pieces on the back of the toilet. Is that attention-grabbing? Yes, it is. We have somebody who's about to be using cocaine. Somebody who probably is not using it for the first time. She knows how to do this. What's the problem here? Before we meet a character who is a cocaine user, we need to know who she is besides being a user of cocaine. It's what I call the curtain goes up moment. The context. The way life was before your story begins. Okay, here's another one. When I realized I was late, meaning late with getting her period, probably pregnant. When I realized I was late, maybe two or even three weeks late, it was a bright, clear, and sunny morning on the island of Nantucket on the southern tip of Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Now, there's a big drama in this sentence, and I think everybody listening to it knows where it lies. I realized I was late. In other words, I realized I was pregnant. But where the sentence ends is with Massachusetts. Which is a more exciting piece of news to deliver? I was late or southern tip of Cape Cod, Massachusetts? How about flipping that sentence? It was a bright, clear, sunny morning on the island of Nantucket. Probably don't need also southern tip of Cape Cod, Massachusetts, just the island of Nantucket when I realized I was late. All the same words, but the point of entry is completely transformed just by turning around their order. Let's look at this one. I'm not sure why I decided to open the door to the back room of my basement. Now, there's some tension in this sentence. We know from reading this sentence that there's something down in the basement that is going to create a problem. But the very first words we hear from this writer, who is our guide into the story, is that she doesn't know why she does it. So I'm not sure that I want to begin by hearing from you what you don't know. I want to hear. I stood at the top of the stairs. My hand hesitated on the doorknob. I wasn't sure I wanted to go, but I headed into my basement. Power word there, basement. Good opening sentence. Here's another one. I alternated between squeezing my eyes tight shut and opening them so wide I might have been trying to make my eyelids disappear. What is the big action in this point-of-entry sentence? Squeezing her eyelids. Is that a big enough action? And who is doing the squeezing? Do we know this character yet? No, we do not. I'm going to say that probably something is going on that inspires this person to squeeze her eyelids very tight shut and then open them very wide, but I don't yet have a context for that. So I need to meet her, I need to get some sense of what is going on. She is giving me the reaction to an experience before she gives me the experience. Here comes another. The first time I realized something was wrong, my arms were full of books and grocery bags, and I was trying to open my dorm room door without putting anything down. What is the big tension in this sentence? I realized something was wrong. How about flipping this sentence? My arms were full of books of poetry and grocery bags, which made it hard to open my dorm room door without putting anything down, and I realized something was wrong. Let's look at another. A few weeks ago, I stayed in bed until 10.30 reading a story in Sun magazine about a married couple on a bus coming home from the husband's first post-op appointment. This is the kind of sentence that cries out to me to diagram the sentence. And unfortunately, because we're listening to a podcast and not a video broadcast, I can't show you what the diagram of that sentence was like. But let's count how many prepositional phrases there are in that Opening sentence. In bed until ten thirty. In Sun magazine. About a couple on a bus from the husband's first op appointment. I lost count, but I think that was seven. Which is going to be the important, relevant information? A husband's first post-op appointment suggests a certain amount of drama, except. It is not the narrator's husband. She's just reading an article. So the big news in the first sentence of this writer's story, and incidentally, I happen to know this writer, and she's a very good writer, but the big news is she's lying in bed reading a story in Sun magazine. Is that going to grab your attention in a big way? I don't think so. And in fact, the story she goes on to tell is a lot more interesting. Basically... The whole first paragraph about lying in bed, reading an article about a person we're never going to hear about again, is merely setting the stage for a completely different story. And it's not boring. It just isn't important enough for that very important place in your story. If it were later on, you might have the luxury of giving us that kind of detail. But not in your first sentence, and with all of those prepositional phrases... I don't know which is the one that stands out, where the power lies. In fact, the power lies nowhere. And there's another interesting point that I'm going to mention in this sentence. I'm using this writer as an example, but it's a very common one in a whole lot of writers' work. And that is giving time when no time is necessary. Why do we need to know that this happened a few weeks ago, or yesterday, or three years ago? Will that be important in the story? Many writers I work with begin a piece of writing by telling us a date. A date and a year or a month or a day of the week. The fact that it happened on Tuesday, the fact that it happened in 1993 or 1987 or 2005 may be very significant to you, but the picture that you will have of 2005 as you read this story, is completely different from the writer's 2005. There are a few dates that are kind of universally understood to be significant. September 11th, 2001, we all know what that date meant, but October 1984 means a completely different thing to you than it does to me. The more emotionally powerful way of telling time in your memoir is probably not going to be a date but what was going on in your life, the week I turned 40, the day my son was born, the day my mother died, the year I graduated from college. I don't need to know what year that was, but now I can picture a 22-year-old. Let's look at some more examples of point of entry that may fall short of accomplishing the writer's goal of keeping you reading. A few years ago, when I was working as a chaplain intern at a major trauma one medical center, I received two trauma calls for unrelated motorcycle accidents within five minutes of each other. What's the power word or power phrase in this sentence? I think it is motorcycle accidents. Do we need to know a few years ago? Would it be any different if it was five years ago or three years ago or ten years ago? I think what's important is this writer is a trauma chaplain and within five minutes she gets two calls about a motorcycle accident. Can you feel the difference? When the writing has that kind of intensity, you can almost feel it in your body. It has a visceral power. Two motorcycle accidents has that power. Don't lose that phrase in the middle of your sentence. I'm going to shift gears a little bit and share with you some points of entry from writers I've worked with who got it right. The journey that brought our son, Kai, into our lives began when a delivery truck rolled over my husband. We've got characters. We've got two significant events. My son, Kai, came into my life, and that's not even the biggest one. It is... Delivery truck rolled over my husband. I think you're going to keep reading. So here comes some greatest hits from the workshop. I was 15 years old, posing in the three-way mirror of a Sears dressing room, trying on my very first bikini. What's the power word there, power phrase there? It's very first bikini, and it's located just where it should be. She doesn't tell us the year. Because it doesn't really matter what year it was. It matters that she was 15. And she tells us who she was, where she was, and what she was doing. Very economically, in one sentence. I'm going to keep reading. Here comes another. There is this tree I see every day. I know that tree is going to be significant. I love the simplicity of that sentence. Here's another one. The ad read, catering position, no experience required, will train. I don't need to know where this person went to school, what state they live in, where they were born. All that matters is there's a person looking for a job. She's just found a job opening, and when she gets that job, something is going to happen. Here's one of my all-time favorites. I was 23 years old before I first tasted corn that was not grown by my father on our farm. There are lots of other things that this character could tell us about herself. But there's only one thing that's important for the purpose of this particular story. She grew up on a farm. Her father raised corn. And until she was 23, she'd never eaten any corn that he didn't grow. And she's going to manage to make a compelling story about growing up on a farm where there was really good corn. You do not have to tell about a knife to your throat or getting to the top of Mount Everest or winning the Purple Heart in a war. You can write about corn if you do it really well. And if it's not really just about corn, it's about your family. It's about relationships. And corn is the container for that bigger story. And you know, although my instruction and my workshops and my online classes are never primarily geared to how to get your work published. They're geared to how to write good work. When you write really good work, you may well get your work published, and this writer did. This piece actually ended up winning an award, getting published in a magazine and winning an award. When I saw that piece in a magazine, it gave me as much joy as seeing anything that I'd written myself in the pages of a magazine. And that's a joy that you will know, not so much from publishing your work as from writing good work point of entry, a good point of entry, is a really important part of that. Joyce Maynard's podcast, Telling Your Story, can be found at joycemaynard.com. You'll find a new episode exploring different aspects of the art and craft of writing memoir every week. For more in-depth discussion of the writing process, check out Joyce Maynard's classes at creativelive.com. Or better yet, join her at one of her in-person workshops. Details on this and much more at JoyceMaynard.com.